What's up, Slow Drip listeners? This is your host, Zach. And Matt. And we have an exciting announcement. CisternaCoffeeCo.com is officially up and running. We are live. And everything is in stock. Uh, We've got our mugs ready to ship. Right in time for Christmas. Today's date is December the 7th. Um, So everything is ready for you to go. Um, Bolivian coffee's in stock. Thai coffee's in stock. Everything's freshly roasted. Coffee mugs, decals. Uh, This has been a long time coming. The site is beautiful and uh, ready to go. So... Wherever you're joining us on the Slow Drip journey, whether it's episode one or the end of the season, take a minute and go check out our new website and store and uh, pick up some coffee just in time for the holidays. coffee welcome back to the slow drip podcast i'm matt with me today is zach and we're super excited because we are also joined by jim harriman and walter bass warner for a special cultivation part two episode in our farm to cup series And we're sitting down with Jim and Walter today because both Jim and Walter are coffee farmers here in Bolivia uh, in different stages of establishing uh, coffee plantations. And so um, we thought it'd be a great opportunity for them to share a little bit about their farms and and how they got into coffee and that sort of thing. So um, first of all, where are we in in Bolivia with relation to Santa Cruz? Because all of our listeners uh, know that we've been in Santa Cruz for all of the other episodes that we've released so far. If I had to guess, I would say we're probably southwest of Santa Cruz. No. no Where are we? You're actually almost straight west. Oh, really? Yeah, straight west. You're 19 miles west of Santa Cruz. Well, a little less than 19 miles because we came in went south uh, to get to this place. About You live about 15 kilometers from the highway. Yeah, so uh, you're probably about eh, 15 miles from Santa Cruz west of it. Jim, Jim, why don't you, uh, why don't you introduce yourself and just uh, tell us a little bit about you and... Um, yeah. yeah, my name is, uh, as uh, Matt said, my name is Jim Harriman and uh, I work with the uh, Bolivian Evangelical University. I work in development as well as their international coordinator. And so part of my job (coughs) with the school has been to uh, help develop some of their properties that, uh, especially in their ag program that they have. Uh, We have a cattle ranch on the the east uh, east of uh, of the city, uh, about 140 kilometers and um, been doing a cattle ranch there. So I've been managing that for now about nine years. And um, about four years ago, uh, four or five years ago, an opportunity arose to buy property over here at the foot of the Andes for the school. And as I was looking for land out here, we wanted a smaller property uh, and a closer property where the ag students could come and practice, do practicum. Yeah. So um, we found a piece of land for the school, and in the process of looking for land for the university, um, I found a piece that I looked at and said, man, this is too good to be true. And I scraped my money together and just bought it as a personal investment. Nice. Yeah. So um, One thing that this is actually, Jim, Walter, this is special because I just realized that you guys are our first guests. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I did not realize that. So we had actually set up in episode zero, maybe? Uh-huh. We had actually set up a question, an interview question that we wanted to ask every one of our guests that come on. Good um, catch. 
Yep. And Good I just catch. thought of it. So tell me about your best cup of coffee and your worst cup of coffee oh, man in life <laughs> that's a good question and good good luck for you walter because you get to think about it we're going to ask you the same question in just a minute as well <laughs> okay so you, you got a minute to think while jim's <clears throat> oh man uh that's a that's a very good question i don't know if i've ever thought of that um well i've been i'm new to the coffee business world and so my palate is not as uh, refined as, say, Matt's or pro- probably even yours by any stretch of the imagination. Um, uh, well, and maybe I should say best and worst coffee experience. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't necessarily have to be the coffee itself. but Yeah, well, I would say that uh, some, of the, some of the roughest coffee I've ever dra- drank, yeah, yeah. is, is uh, I was on a hunting trip in Bolivia and um, you just uh, drink what's before you as mm-hmm. the other hunter friend uh, prepares it uh-huh. you know, out in the jungle and uh, I remember my my buddy Robert a Bolivian fellow prepared some of the blackest darkest coffee <laughs> on planet earth kind of I mean, stand a spoon up in it kind <laughs> of stuff could stand, <laughs> you could it was it was as thick as all get out that was pretty rough coffee. Sure. <laughs> I wouldn't say that was my best tasting coffee. <laughs> now, uh, last time Matt was here, we went to a very refined uh, coffee shop that my good friend uh, Walter here uh, introduced me to, the Buena Vista coffee shop. Yeah. That is probably as good as it gets. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's the answer in a nutshell. But I, you know, I, I'm not the kind of a coffee guy like Matt is, where he forced us to drink this coffee with no sugar, no nothing, right? Just coffee. And I'm not used to drinking it that way. Here I am, a new guy, right? But he was teaching us how to drink coffee. And so that was really the first time in my life mm. where um, Matt says, I want you to taste the coffee and what do you taste in it? I'm going, what are you talking about, you know? And it's like, I've never, I've never done this before. So he said, take a deep breath, smell the cup. And he had, as I recall, we had two different types mm-hmm. of coffee that night. We did. And, and yeah, and so I learned from him what it means to actually taste a cup of coffee. That was my, the, my, that was my introduction. That was perfect. That, yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's, that was a lot of fun, and that, yeah. was, that was a great coffee shop as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Walter, this, that's not the one we went to. No, 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 no. So we've gone to Alto Tostado, and that's in the mall. And then we went to the bookshop today, um, and it is on a par with Buena Vista Coffee Company. Um, both of them are similar. I think Buena Vista does more local Bolivian coffees. Uh, Alto Tostado, we have now gotten. One Bolivian, one Brazilian, one Brazilian, and one Ethiopian from them, and um, we did a tasting of basically like a flight tasting of of Bolivian coffees um, when we went to Buena Vista last year, if I'm remembering correctly, because we did a semipada and then one plantation that was closer to 2,000 meters that was near La Paz, and so we were actually doing tasting notes between mm-hmm. elevation mm-hmm. um so yeah. yeah yeah that was good that was really good so yeah in in, in bolivia i mean i don't know i don't want to um i just kind of piggyback on what he said the different places that you have in bolivia that are prominent for coffee are the yungas and the yungas is what he was mentioning it's close to la paz but it's it's in the it's kind of in a lower area and yet it's one of the, I think, one of the highest coffee plantations. Uh, I may be wrong on that, but I, as, it seems like I read somewhere that it's one of the highest mm-hmm. coffee plantations in the world. Right. And uh, which is very interesting. What, off the top of your head, do either of you guys, as Bolivian, living in Bolivia, um, what's, what's the altitude of the Altiplano? Uh, is that... Yeah, it's twenty five hundred meters or uh, thirteen thousand like, feet is right. the, the okay. high altitude. Four thousand, four thousand yeah. meters. Meters, yeah. Right. So, 
We have not yet found coffees that can grow really well above about 2,000 meters. So it's right. that Yunga is just below Altiplano and right. and just down about 6,000, about halfway up the mountain range, right? Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. uh, and that's kind of pushing the highest elevations. That yeah. They're starting to find some varieties. I, do, I was in doing some research. I, they're finding some varieties that I think they can push to about 2,300 meters mm. uh, in Ethiopia, um, but still nothing quite that high. Yeah. Um, and at, at that point, too, I think the temperature becomes a really... It becomes more of an issue than right. anything. So, well, Walter, what about you? Best coffee experience, <laughs> worst coffee experience? Well, uh... And if you could introduce yourself just a little bit as well. Right. Uh, well, my, my name is Walter. <coughs> I'm from Santa Cruz, Bolivia. Uh, my how is begin? Uh, I choose. A, I I want a, a little piece of land for build my cabin and. Someday I meet my friend Jim, <laughs> and he <laughs> present me a, a coffee plant uh -huh. and the business coffee. So I I begin the my plantation. Uh, I I think the the my my experience changed my life <laughs> because. I stay more time in my cabin with in my plantation than the city. Yeah, and I like stay here. Right. right. Okay. Well, and, and we like it too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, <laughs> we're currently staying with Walter in his cabin. Um, it's, it's pretty remote. There's no cell service. Right. There's no internet. But it's um, it's kind of a stretch to say it's a cabin. This is like an A-frame <laughs> chalet. This is like the most luxurious cabin stay it's beautiful and what makes it even better is you built this place yeah with your own yeah. hands yeah. yeah the original design yep was more little right more but yeah. you kept kind of expanding a little bit yeah at the time. The, my wife my, my mother uh -huh. told me <laughs> no you have to build more biggest right you have three daughters and the family was will be more biggest so that's awesome and i think one of my favorite features of the cabin is that uh the way you oriented it you know so that it, it yeah. faces down the valley and it catches the wind yeah. and so when you've got the front and the back open it basically just has this gentle breeze that blows through the whole thing the whole time and yeah um, that is not so good for my hair <laughs> so yeah, right. Yeah. But it's uh, and it's incredible that yeah. um, the w it's just it's incredible how it's built, and and so we're really enjoying our time here, and we're thank you for for welcoming us and opening yeah. up the cabin yeah, and pleasure. letting us stay. So, um, so Jim, how did you get into? I mean. He didn't you answer the second. Oh, well, that's right. He Sorry, didn't, yeah. he didn't answer the. Co what right, was coffee. your best and bad, worst experience of coffee? What was the worst coffee you had, and what was the best coffee you had? Um, <laughs> first, sorry for my rusty English. <laughs> uh, my my best experience, maybe it uh, my container cup. Mm. And the new the new friends um, and my worst experience was uh, maybe what kind of coffee was your worst or your worst coffee you ever drank? I, I have a, a, a old uncle uh -huh. that I think he want to be a. a inventor of new coffee maybe <laughs> and he make a poison with <laughs> coffee and another <laughs> kinds of i don't know but uh, he said me hey try this coffee 
and yeah, not good. The, my worst. Okay. <laughs> I don't think you need to say any more than that. Story yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I hope your uncle isn't listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fourth uncle. Oh man. Um, well, we've said before when we've talked about this that sometimes the best coffee experience is really. It's not even a cup of coffee. Yeah, it's the friends that you're with, right? And and like you were saying, that, that day last year when we all got to go, Walter, you were there and we went to Buena Vista and I almost fell in a koi pond. And, uh, <laughs> I'd pay good money to see I that. know you would. <laughs> I, I know you would. Uh, um, just to, to have that experience, to, to, to smell the coffee and taste the coffee. And, and, um, but man, when you get coffee done poorly... You, it's it's unforgettable. Like <laughs> your, your uncle's story, it's like if it's done really badly, it's like I'm not gonna forget that for a yeah. long time. So, uh, but thank you for b- both sharing that. That's that's really fun, and you won't be, you'll be you're definitely the first to answer that question for us, but you will not be the last. So. <laughs> Jim, uh, I think there's one thing that we missed, and it's that your Bolivian accent. Is not quite the same as Walter's. <laughs> yeah, as Walter's English, you mean? <laughs> no, 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 you're Bolivian. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I know that you're more South American than than yeah. you are North American, but you were born in the states, right? Yeah, yeah. I was, uh, I was actually my folks were missionaries, and so uh, I was the youngest. Uh, I am the youngest of five, and uh, I was born on a furlough. So oh, wow. they'd spend four years down here, four or five, and then go up for one, raise support, come back down for four or five. And in one of those furloughs, I was born in the States. But uh, I remember my mother vividly looking at me one, one day, and she said, you were made in Bolivia, but you were born in the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> for, for us, Jim is... Uh, Yankee Kamba. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And Kamba, of course, is the is the term that is used for the people in Santa Cruz oh, okay. you know, of this region. Oh, so, so Yankee Kamba yeah. is a... Yeah. All right. Yeah. He's the uh, the ultimate snowbird. Yes. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Far south. Well, and to be fair, too, uh, Jim's South American Spanish is perhaps one of the, the most perfect... <laughs> examples of South American Spanish. I, I would like to think if I spent as much time as Jim does mm-hmm. here, mine would be. One would hope. I think it, I think it would you improve know, drastically. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's and it's always great knowing that Jim's going to be translating when, when I'm preaching or Hutch is mm. preaching because he mm. doesn't miss anything. Yeah, yeah, you guys did a good job oh, yesterday and today. today whenever he said grasshopper instead of. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so... Um, but yeah, it's, so it's, this is just good to sit down and, and have this conversation. Um, for both of you guys, you both kind of sounded like you found plots of land first and then got into coffee, which this is fun because this, this allows us to kind of explore the topic from a different perspective. Well, and from the very beginning. Right. And like you, well, I say you like everybody can see me pointing. Um, Jim, you you are further along than Walter, so you've kind of been through some of the pitfalls and yeah, things that, that right. Walter is probably soon going to experience. Yep. Um, yeah. Or, Mine Walter's, is, or Walter's learning from what you've already kind of walked through, I think. Well, yeah, what, what was really neat about this whole thing is that um, in this region here, at the foot of the Andes, in a little town called San Jose, and you can look it up on the map, Google it, whatever. It's just west of Santa Cruz, Bolivia. Um, in this region, there's a lot of small farmers, but not into coffee. Mm-hmm. And so I bought this piece of property, right? Just to kind of give you a little more of the history here. I bought this piece of property, and then you start thinking, well, what can I do to make it productive? Right. You know, and really, you know, most of the farmers, they've done this for centuries here. They'll They'll clear some land and then they'll plant some corn in between the stumps, you know. And over time, that just doesn't cut it, you know, the, as far as production-wise. And, of course, the land and all needs to be uh, cared for and all of that. But just, just a, a, a product of what kind of, what kind of uh, you know, what are you going to sell, right? What are you gonna, how, can you, how can you actually make 
money off a piece of property. Mm -hmm. And so that was, I thought, well, there's basically two here that I thought of, and that was coffee and chocolate. Mm -hmm. And And you just uh, planted some cacao too, right? I did, but I, I, it was on the other side of the, on the other side of the hill and I did it poorly. Uh, just planted it in the jungle itself. And then no rains came, and so I don't even know if those plants survived. I need to go back on the other side of that hill and find out. But uh, um, somehow or another, we got into coffee. I I, I was out in Buena Vista, uh-huh. and uh, I wanted to find a guy who knew something about coffee because Buena Vista is the coffee place of the region. Right? Sure. And somebody said, yeah, go over there to that uh, little house that are across the cheese factory, and, and there's a guy there who knows about coffee, and it was Francisco Mamani. And that's that got me more into right. coffee as I listened to him and and uh, saw that this was something that could be done. Right, yeah. right. And we're going to go with Zach in a couple of days to Buena Vista, and uh, he's going to get to to meet Francisco Mamani as well and explore some of those um, a slightly different region than where we are here. It's a uh, how how many kilometers north is it? Uh, how many how many is that uh, Buena Vista from Santa Cruz? About uh, two hour, about a two hour, mm-hmm. two and a half hour drive. So what would that be? Uh, maybe 120 miles. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Man, you last year you you were, had me all <laughs> over this area of Bolivia. I got to meet oh. everybody in about a day. It felt like a day and a half <laughs> from coming out here, seeing your place, visiting Walter briefly, and then. Off in the other direction, back up the other way, and and yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's we're looking forward to that. That'll be in a day or two. So Francisco got you involved here. Yeah. So this is this side of the you know uh, over here by the in the uh, foot of the Andes, you can see the mountains, of course, from here. Mm-hmm. And we're in we're in pretty hilly country. So this is the foot of the Andes. It was kind of like a pilot project, and not kind of it was, and it is, and so. As we as the interest grew in the area, because you know here's this this Yankee Kamba, as we say down here, uh, this 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 American Spanish guy or a Spanish American guy <laughs> is growing this coffee. Why is he doing it? Sure. And, and so I started uh, just you know kind of reaching out and saying, hey, you need to do this. And I that's where I met Walter. Um, came over here with another friend mm-hmm. and just kind of showed some of the people here of the possibility of coffee. And that's when he showed up. That was the first time I saw him. Right. Can you tell that story for us again? I heard you telling Hutch <laughs> earlier. Well, um, I I showed up, and this is this little community here, just these few houses. It's San called, Jose? No, this is called Naranjillo. Okay. So Naranjillo is? means little orange. Right. So this is citrus country out here, sure. see? So I bring my little coffee plants, because um, uh, we had had a, uh, we'd had a workshop and the uh, leader of Naranjillo showed up at the workshop for coffee. Mm-hmm. And so he invited me to come out here and, and present it to the, the people here. So I came, and we're sitting at Willie. His name is Willie. He's sitting in his porch right across the street right. here. He showed us on the way in, right? Yeah, there. yeah. yeah. And, uh, uh, the little yellow buildings. And so there's mm-hmm. like, there was, uh, Willie was there, and another guy, I think, was yeah. there. And then this guy shows up. He's all dressed in white. He's got a straw hat uh, on. Yeah, but after uh, oh, before Willie come here and call me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, Walter, uh, uh, Gringo uh, wants to uh, talk about coffee. Do you want to come? Nah, I don't, want. <laughs> I don't know this part. Yeah. Well, all right. Uh, yeah. Uh, in the end, I will be in with Jim and tell this story. Yeah. yeah so anyway. He shows up, right? And first time I ever laid eyes on this this gentleman, I said, uh, "Este parece un un camba, crecedor de café, cafetalero. Cafetalero. This guy looks like a coffee guy right off the bat, you know. And uh, he looks, he's literally like a full blown camba. Mm-hmm. I mean, from the region. Gotcha. And because uh, he, the, you know, the the typical dress of the at least in antiquity. Yeah, I saw myself and Jesus, really. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. I am a baggy white pants. <laughs> got a baggy white shirt 
and a straw hat. I mean, it was just, it was a picture-perfect Norman Rockwell painting of a kamba. You know? Perfect. <laughs> Norman Rockwell. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love yeah. it. And so that's where our friendship struck up. Yeah. Yeah. So. And, and from that, you eventually took the plunge and started planting not just a few trees, but 10,000. 10,400 <laughs> coffee, coffee plants. Yeah. And you've got 2.4 hectares that are in process, right? Is that... Yeah. What? How, how many hectares? Two and a half? Two and a half. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So... Yeah. So thanks, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm the... I'm Jim the got, him into, got him into it. I have right. to cut uh, trees. Huh? I have to cut the trees. <laughs> yeah, I had to cut down, which he hates to do. Because coffee, you know, mm -hmm. if you're gonna if you're gonna grow it in shade, which we want to do, mm -hmm. to try and preserve as much forest as possible, right? Uh, you you have to have at least sixty to sixty five percent sun and thirty five to thirty percent shade, and we hate cutting down any tree, but yeah. uh, sometimes you just have to to make it, you know, uh, make it produce. This is perfect that you said that and with some some hard data behind it because that's something we, we didn't, talked about that yesterday we talked about this in our last week's episode but we did not get into kind of the specific data so to hear you guys say this is what we're looking for at least 60 percent sun 60 65 and 30 30 to 35 percent shade that's great um, for us to know what are some other kind of ecological things that you're going to do to your both of your plantations mm -hmm. uh, as as you develop well what's interesting is that walter is ahead of me in this and it, it's it's funny because even though i started first i'm actually learning from him uh he, he's extremely intelligent Gringo. we're both novices in a sense but mm -hmm. but he has already got an irrigation system mm -hmm. um you know tell him about how that worked for you, uh, Walter, where you've got water tanks at the top of the hill. I'm not that far along, you know. In our dry season, it can get very dry. And we're just starting to move into our dry season. It goes from July, August, September, even into October. So you have about three to four months mm -hmm. where there's very little rain. And your coffee plants, of course, they kind of go into a dormancy stage, you know. But they still need water. And right. so uh, he's got, man, he's got little hoses going everywhere, right. you know, and it's pretty impressive. Yeah. Well, it's very impressive. And we were here last year, you were pointing out, this is where this is going to be, and this is how we're going to do this. And to come back a year later, Walter, and see. Yeah, the, the work is hard because I don't know how many times I uh, give water up the plants mm -hmm. with a pipe with a with a hose right yeah yeah, yeah. manguera yeah. Yeah. yeah under the sun uh, yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah he gets out there himself and does sure. it. that's the thing about this guy he not uh -huh. only has maybe one or two workers helping him he's doing but, it too but he he gets in there because uh you know the there better my plants no yeah their plants uh-huh it's not the same yeah so yeah. it's all in the eyes of the owner exactly know? i mean you can tell a worker okay i want this and this but he just doesn't have the same passion. You know, we and you got to stay on top of it. We were talking about that. Yeah. You know, nobody, even, even I mean, you can hire the, the best people, but <laughs> nobody has the same passion for your business that you do. That's exactly. right. Exactly. That's right. So, yeah, so, so water is a little bit of an issue when you go into the dry season, but towards the end of that dry season, December, January, that's when you guys start to have flowers again right yeah so in the, it's our springtime right you know so springtime is the u.s fall and just the opposite and so our flowers come in and then everything starts kicking in you know and uh, the plants kind of like they wake up right yeah right. yeah so and then right after that then hits kind of the rainy season and that's when your cherries are really developing yeah that's when they're really cranking yeah that kind of six to eight month but period. then the, then the problem arises where everything grows right weeds and everything and you just have to fight it like mad and so the way the way we fight it uh the way i've been anyway i just i have a couple of workers that go out there and they hoe they've been hoeing between the rows mm -hmm. and you know you just section it off okay one hectare 
and you just hoe that hectare, and then you go to the next one, <laughs> and uh, it's just a lot of work. Yeah. Well, and it's it's more labor intensive for both of you guys because you're more biological in in your growing processes. Yeah. You know, not using some kind of uh, like defoliant or herbicide to knock out weeds. You're, right. You're well, what we're what we're trying to get to, and and uh, this is the thing that's coming out in our workshops, los talleres. Yeah. Is, uh, is to have some kind of uh, growth uh, in between the rows mm -hmm. uh, of small uh, plants or, or some kind of, not grass, but mm -hmm. uh, uh, leguminous plants, you know, where it provides nitrogen to the soil. Right. Okay. And they're just real short little things. Uh -huh. <laughs> and if you can plant that in between the rows. Yeah, the name is Mani Forrajero. Yeah, it would be, Mani is, is peanut. Peanut. Okay. Yeah, so uh, a uh, forrajero means something that crawls along the ground, you know, right, it spreads so like, out. Like ground peanuts yeah, or, yeah. or crawling peanuts. Yeah, cool. exactly. Yeah, you have to in the plantation tomorrow, yeah. kind of, you see. All right, great. Well, that's a cool little thing that we, you know, that didn't come well, up in any of our research. No, we missed that. Well, and two, a lot of places probably aren't. But there's different types organic of. Organic. Yeah, there's the different right types here. of foliage that you can, you can plant within <clears throat> your coffee plantation. And it will it will uh, you know help the help the coffee plant with nitrogen and that mm -hmm. kind of thing. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So what other what other challenges or what other things are you guys looking at within the the ecology of your your plantations? Well, one of the one of the things that hit both of us is el el, el minero el, el este. the little butterfly. Yeah, it's like it's, a, it's like a little microscopic bug, like a little butterfly. Yeah. Right. Minador. Minador. And mm -hmm. it, it lands on the leaf and just starts sucking the sap out of the leaf. Mm -hmm. And that that's a problem. That's, yeah. That is a challenge. Like uh, uh, this... Esta hierba que usted... La que más nos perjudica, la hierba que más nos perjudica. Oh, los bejucos? Yeah. Yeah, we also... The other, yeah, the other problem is the vines. Yeah. Biggest problem. Vine. Yeah. We have little vines that crawl up in the plant, and the next thing you know, they've covered the whole plant. Right. And you got to pull those off carefully, you know. <laughs> right. It's uh, particularly I, after they've they've started to grow the cherries, you don't really want to start ripping right. things if off. You start yanking them. They, I lost yeah. so many plants mm. because the bejuco just choked out the light. Out, yeah, right. just a, it literally covers it like a like a roof. Wow. And there's yeah. no light gets in, you know, so right. you got it. Reminds yeah. me of kudzu in Georgia. Yeah, that's it's exactly like that, yeah. only a lot smaller. Sure, know? yeah. <laughs> well, both kudzu. both of your plantations, we one of the big things that we talked about yesterday was, or last week's episode was um, the soil quality, and how you have a really rich loamy soil, so a good mixture of sand, silt, clay, and uh, organic material. Um, or like a red volcanic soil, and both of you guys have really good, rich, dark, and um, which it's, well it's interesting. Soil. It's interesting because at the top of the hill, mm -hmm. Walter planted plants that are in a different soil than you know at the bottom of the hill. He planted them. You planted them at the same time, right? Yeah. But they are much, much smaller yeah. in development. Yeah. I'd be interested to see what the 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 uh, chemical composition. I think it was just a higher clay content in the top of the hill. Yeah, what? well, Walter could respond to it, but what there, there's a road up there that they built. You know, it's part of the road that goes back through the hills here. Yeah. And so the bulldozer pushed off a lot of clay because underneath the topsoils you have this kind of a orange, yellowish clay. And so they're just pushing this off to live out the road. Some of that came onto his property before he even bought it. You know, this is some time ago, quite a while back. And so some of that clay is in the soil. And so as you planted it, he planted on top of that. Mm -hmm. And so that's a challenge uh, for Walter, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so, And he's got a way to remediate that. We've talked about you're, you're thinking of taking the plants and adding in more rich soil just in the holes where those plants would grow to provide a little bit more nutrients to them at the top of the hill. Yeah, right? I, I, I have a, I, an experience with a pop of cow. 
of cow. A cow, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Uh, manure. Yeah, cow manure. <laughs> okay, cow manure. Yeah. yeah. El, el abono de la vaca. Yeah. Yeah, uh, este alcohol. And the chicken. Yeah, yeah. and also, chicken yeah, chicken manure. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah. Uh, the smell cheese. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I try with this, uh, with both. Uh -huh. um, uh, both are excellent. Excellent result, uh, excellent. And mm -hmm. uh, in the fu in future, I will be pu uh, putting the this the boat in these areas, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which so is another natural fertilizer, basically. Yeah, the problem is after after I come back my home and my wife. She <laughs> smells. She smells. Right. Right. She smells the manure. And, and say me go to the cabin. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah. When I was a teenager, I used to work in a chicken house oh in a, on a poultry farm, and my mom used to make me sit in the back of the truck on the way home because I smelled so bad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I can believe it. Yeah. I can believe it. I learn something new about you every single time we sit down to record an episode. I don't know why I'm an open book. I know, but you, you're also a deep file. <laughs> and I appreciate that. It's a good thing. Yeah. But gosh, wow, working on a poultry farm. The other challenge, you were you know, talking about challenges. Right now in my little coffee plot, I've got workers, these ladies are in there, you know, they're harvesting. And one of the things they encounter are uh, wasps mm -hmm. that will build a nest inside of the bush, a, a coffee plant. <laughs> it's a wake-up call. Oh, yeah. And uh, so uh, yesterday or day before, they were asking me to buy, you know, wasp poison to be able to spray the, the nest so that they could harvest the beans. <laughs> wow. So. I guess that couldn't... That's... Uh, man, I hope you don't have anybody that's allergic to wasps. Oh, yeah. Those things. yeah. Well, we'll find out pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um well, Walter told me one other thing about what he's doing to develop his land or he's thinking about doing that I think is going to excite you, Zach. So we were talking last week about Café Miel or Coffee Honey. Oh, yeah. And Walter is planning once his, because he's, he's got his saplings are in their first year of growth in the ground. So they're the three to five year growth stage before they really start producing gems trees are five to seven years so that's the kind of the two-year difference within the next year and a half two years walter's going to start seeing some flowering but he was telling me you want to put some beehives yeah around so i have i have a good friend um back home and he has thirteen thousand beehives <laughs> and he sells queens that's what they do that's their business um and I actually have two friends back home that, that do that. Um, one in particular, they sell, um, thou I mean, thousands upon thousands of bees, just whole hives and the, and the, um, the queen itself. I don't know what trans I don't know what transporting an insect to Bolivia would be like, but, mm. um, <laughs> it's not like you can go through the airport with a bag full of bees. No, they, no. they, they don't, they would probably, they don't like you to do that. They would frown upon that. Yes. And the bees here in Bolivia came actually, um, you know, they're, they're the African, uh, aggressive African bee that came through Brazil okay. years ago. And so the bees in South America, at least this region of the continent, they tend to be much more aggressive. Really? Yeah, than the, than the honeybee in the United States. Uh, this aggressive variety has already reached the U.S., mm -hmm. especially in uh, Texas and uh, southern United States, and it's a concern to the to the beekeepers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. but you know we have them here. Hey, uh, you're just a little more aggressive. You just have to be, you know, you got to protect yourself with clothing and all that kind of stuff. So, I make there's a, a declining bee population. And I'm, right. I mean, I'm sure you know about it. Right. Um, so every time I find one in the pool or something at the house, I make sure to scoop it out. And uh, <laughs> occasionally I'll, they say their stings are really great for like arthritis. and They have stuff. cortisol in them. Yeah. So, um, but you've always heard that um, if a bee stings you, 
it dies. It'll it'll pull its um, its stinger out. It, yeah. yeah. Well, if you sit there, if it stings you, and I know a lot of people won't just sit there um, after a bee stings, but if if a if a bee stings you on the arm or something, and you sit there and you watch it, it'll spin clockwise and then it'll go counterclockwise and then it'll go clockwise and what it does is it works its stinger out so the minute you start panicking and swatting away and and uh yeah you're gonna kill it but you can actually save it save the bee yeah, interesting i didn't know that yeah, yeah. um <laughs> we're very we're very bee friendly at our house as well vera ruth has built a um a bee hospital <laughs> out of bark she's just a little it's a literally like a little tiny hut that looks like a manger from uh a nativity scene right outside the kitchen side door and that's the bee hospital and so when we find bumblebees that have been injured after a storm we'll carry them and put them in the bee hospital yeah until they can recuperate and, <laughs> and fly. so we're we're very pro pollinators in wow. our house as well um little side note there but yeah so i'm excited for a couple of years down the line when your trees are coming into full bloom mm -hmm. you've got bees all I around can't wait to try some coffee, coffee honey. honey i can't wait to try it that would be so good yeah it's a thing there's i found one place in the in the united states that sells coffee honey and since i learned that that was a real thing it's kind of become a bucket list item well and maybe we need to try it. Just maybe you can become number two. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, that sounds like an incentive for us. I want right? <laughs> yeah, get some beehives. Um, well, Jim, you do a lot of other ecological planting around your your plantation as well. Mm -hmm. I know you're, you, you've got the banana trees which in the plantains, and some of those may be coming out because they're providing too much shade right now. But you also have tangerine, papaya, mm -hmm. uh, guarapu. <laughs> Did I say it right this time? No, almost. Guapuru. 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 Okay. Yeah. I, I got the right emphasis, but I put the, they inverted the two. Yeah, yeah. Well, I inverted the last two uh, consonants. So yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the colloquial name, Guapuru. Yeah. Okay. It has a scientific name, but that's the, that's the right, local so, name. But you've got all of these different other kind of fruit trees in your right. in your plantation as well. So, right. Which is really cool. to. But he knows make uh, mermelada. Yeah, jam, yeah, jam, jam, jam. Of Guapuru. Yeah, I'm waiting for that day. It's uh -huh. the best. <laughs> okay, well, so I do a lot of jam and canning uh, in the summertime. So when when you he, would, I do. <laughs> you would. Have you not seen the cellar? Like in, in the cellar of jams and pickles and uh, I've preserved been, I've peppers. I've been there maybe once, and it was. I don't even remember what we yeah. went in there for. Anyway, so I do, particularly in the summer, I do a lot of canning and making of jams. Cool. And so when the time comes, let me know. I'll come down. We'll make sure, guapuru, guapuru, guapuru jam. Guapuru jam. For sure. <laughs> we'll have a jam session. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Not what you would think. Um, they're really good. The ones we had some tart. today, yesterday, right? even though it's out of season. Jim's right. jamboree. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Sounds the Guaparoo like Jamboree. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, anything else that I'm missing or you guys want to add? Mm. Well, it's, it's just a, it's, it's really exciting to see how there's an interest that is growing in mm -hmm. this region. Uh, we just had a, uh, I kind of, uh, not kind of, I do, I organize these workshops and um, uh, coffee workshops. And so we bring in our specialist from Buena Vista up mm -hmm. north, who has been the uh, president of the Coffee Association of Santa Cruz for years. And he just knows so much about coffee that uh, it's been really exciting to bring him here. And he gives us all sorts of, uh, you know, little tricks and tips uh, regarding growing coffee and uh, the whole process. And so uh, the last workshop we had, we had 40 um, just 40 farmers or 40 people, or, you know, some wannabes and that mm -hmm. kind of thing. And uh, there's an excitement growing because, you know, they're seeing mine's kind of a pilot project. There was, there's some other coffee growers in the area, but 
but I'm new to the place and they're mm-hmm. seeing that, hey, you know, if this guy can do it, maybe I can do it. And I think that's kind of what motivated Walter is that he saw that I was growing it. And so he said, well, why not? You know, mm-hmm. so he dove in, you know. Um, but this region here in the Andes, this, the foot of the Andes is ex- excellent because uh, we know for a fact we had a, you know, uh, Francisco, the president of the association, they did an exam uh, or a, a coffee testing in, mm-hmm. the, in the country here, Bolivia, from about five different regions. And a little town just north of us called El Torno, okay, yeah. uh, a, uh, a, a, a lady there who has a little coffee plot, she entered the contest and she actually won the tasters, you know, blind oh, wow. tasting mm-hmm. uh, stuff. And so that's just a few miles up the road. And so I figure, hey, you know, this has got to be pretty good coffee mm-hmm. if we do it right. Yeah. And one other thing I, I forgot to mention, but respectively, your plantations are, Jim, you're at 600 meters and Walter, right. you're at just about 700 meters above yep. sea level, right? 700 meters. 800. Okay. 800, I think. 800. I, 800 and a half. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think we so look he's 200 yep. meters higher than I am. 250. 846. Yeah. Until yeah. what we saw earlier. Yeah. Something like that. So you're right in that, like, we talked last week about uh, elevation being between 600 and 200 meters above sea level. So 2,000. Yeah, sorry. 600 to 2,000 meters above sea level, not the other mm-hmm. way around. Um, <coughs> so you guys are kind of both right in that, but um, we talked last week about how it's not necessarily the elevation, but that growing at elevation provides, or, or in these elevations provides the, the right growing conditions for right. the other things, the rainfall, the sunlight, the, uh, the soil composition and everything else, and temperature. So um, you guys are kind of right in that, that sweet spot and, and good yeah. soil. So we're really excited. Um, we will be working with Jim as soon as this year's harvest comes and is processed out and he's doing a you're kind of doing a honey process this time we did a natural mm-hmm. process last time and and um and we weren't able to, to bring that one up to the states but you're doing a, a a honey process which um is a great way to to process the beans you'll have to tune in next week <laughs> i know you love it when i say that but uh check out next week's episode as we take a deeper dive into what coffee processes for, or processing the beans and preparing them for roasting. Uh, so we'll be bringing you more information about that next week. Um, One thing that I wanted to interject, and Jim, you've said this a handful of times on this trip. <clears throat> you said the answer to poverty is not charity. Mm-hmm. It's business. Mm-hmm. Can, you, can you elaborate on that or tell kind of your uh yeah that's not actually my my quote i'm I'm quoting someone else and he's probably quoting someone else (laughs) as it Uh, goes with the best quotes yeah yeah uh the answer to poverty is not charity because uh, you're just giving them another fish as opposed to teaching Teaching them how to fish and so the answer is is business which is kind of the idea behind some of these coffee oh yeah yeah you know you you for example just a small coffee farm like Walter has, like I have, um, you know, you employ people uh, to pick the coffee beans. You employ people to clear the clean land. the clean yeah. the yeah, keep it clean. Uh, just all sorts of you know small maintenance stuff, you know, and it provides jobs and all down through the chain, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, it's a it's a process. I'm learning this. You know, sure. I mean, coffee is a huge process, and if you mess up in one one step in that process, it'll mess it up at the end. Mm-hmm. And you'll probably talk about that next week. Mm-hmm. You know, as you talk about uh, the drying process right, and all right. of that. So, uh, so we're learning. And uh, Walter watches me make my mistakes, <laughs> and, and then he says, "Uh, uh-uh, yeah. I'm not going to do it." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's true. So, <laughs> sorry, you. So, and I've made my mistakes, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, but I, I've learned, and uh, I learned from the pros. I've actually learned from Matt, and I learned from other tasters like Matt, 
and they they tell me the same thing. So I know he's not lying to me. See, yeah. <laughs> so uh, so yeah, it it is a learning process, and uh, the more I'm in this, I'm I'm hoping to get it more and more refined. Yeah, that's an interesting perspective too that that you mentioned, Jim. It was like one one parameter step out of line. Yeah. Definitely it off the whole ground. Right. And it affects the end product. Oh, yeah. You know, it's not just the toasting of it. Right. Although that's a huge one. Right. You know, yeah. you, if you toast it wrong, you got yeah. lousy coffee. You may have the best coffee in the world in the green. Yeah. And the guy who toasts it blows it. Right. Exactly <laughs> it's right. It's like, you, you know, so, yeah. It's, it's, in some senses, it's, it's one of those, one of the most simple things to bring us together as people. Yeah. And it is... Like it's like when we talked about it at the beginning of the episode. Uh, sometimes a really good cup of coffee, you don't remember, but you remember the the people that you were with. <laughs> but when coffee's done bad, man, you can really remember it. It's kind of the same thing. You miss a parameter somewhere in this so whole true. whole line, so and true. it throws off everything. Oh, that's, um, that's I mean, we could do a whole sure episode could. talking about how that applies to life and faith and. You know, we talked about last week uh, as we're kind of wrapping up. Well, this has been fantastic. No, it's we, been great. As we kind of wrap up, one of the things we mentioned last week is the commitment um, that a coffee grower has to have mm. um, and, and the amount of patience and the amount of faith that goes into that is astounding. It, you know, and you guys are both living examples. Uh, Walter, you're watching Jim... Yeah. come into flower and fruit and begin to harvest and you're watching your your trees that are just now you know growing half a meter high yeah half a meter high and and there's a lot of patience and there's got to be a lot of faith too for you as you've made this investment and 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 watching you know what's going to happen next how's that going to come into fruition so um it's a it's a complex journey mm-hmm. um, for sure yeah. walter is your coffee going to be better than Jim's? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it probably will because I will have made the mistakes. Yeah, Jim <laughs> always call me and say me, Walter, don't do it this, <laughs> this way. This don't, way. Do this don't do it this way, man. <laughs> Make sure you don't do it this yeah, way. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So. Well, that it sounds like it's time for a break. I think so too, mm-hmm. guys. Thanks so much for yeah. being on. Thanks yeah. for having thanks us. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Yeah. Muchos gracias. Yeah, yeah. really. It's, 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 it's been yeah, it's awesome. Yep. Well, uh, guys, I guess <laughs> I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say it. Check out the next episode uh, next week. Um, it's been great having you. I hope you guys enjoyed everything, um, and we'll see, see you, you next soon. week. All right. <laughs>